Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 50 of the Questions Podcast. We've arrived, Mark. 50. That's, gosh. 50. Should we retire? I mean, should we just end it right here? 50? I'm not ready to retire. No? No. You You ready to retire? A long and storied career? Yeah. You're not ready to retire. No, let's keep going until we're we're kicked off the air, shall we? Well, it's not even air. kicked off the air that you post to your own website. Exactly. There you go. go. Boy. We don't even have any sponsors to lose sponsors. We don't? Who would be the first sponsor we'd lose? No Uh, doubt Enduring Word. Yeah, he just, we'd still keep talking about him. That's good. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Brought to you by Dead Air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you know, yeah, we could, uh, yeah, that, that's true. Maybe we, do you think we need sponsors? Well, I think we need to make a chewing gum called Spiritual Minty Freshness. There you go. Yeah. And a coffee called Cold-Blooded Love. Cold-Blooded Love, yeah. yeah. Is that a coffee or would that be like a... Cold bit? brew, no, that'd be cold brew cold coffee. Cold brew coffee. Yeah, nitro, nitro-infused cold brew yeah, coffee. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See, we could start branding. We totally need to do that. Cold-blooded love Cold-blooded love coffee. Wow. Mm. And after you have your cold-blooded love coffee, you need some spiritual minty freshness gum. There you go. And so then, that when you talk with people in close proximity, they don't go, oh, I got this. There you go. And then if we made like a, a computer, it would be called smart enough to be dangerous. Smart enough to be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It wouldn't be an Apple product. No. Sure. It, well, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, so in the news, Brexit is done and Europe didn't fall apart yet. Really? Yeah, the last so the, Friday night, Brexit at, I think it was like 11.59 p.m. Went out Boom. with a whimper, huh? Yeah. I think February 1st was the, the day. Wow, that's my brother's Boom. birthday. Well, there February you go, Brexit. Wow. Brexit 2020. Huh. So, what a thunk. Yeah, well, the people voted for it, so it's done. So the uh, European Union. We'll see how long the European Union is able to maintain. Well, I mean, I remember when there was no European Union. Boy, you were just old enough to be. Exactly. They were non-union, uh-huh. so to speak. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I think I think it, I don't think it's going to really matter. Probably not. I mean, yeah, I could use a word like prognosticators. Oh, are you predicting? Would say, yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah, probably everything. Life goes on, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like when 1999 became 2000. Life went on. It sure did. Y2K didn't do anything. Boy, you sure could you sure get the, those Y2K t- uh, tapes really cheap in the bookstore. After do you remember that, the uh, the Mayan calendar thing? Was that like 2012? I think so. Didn't they yeah, do a we, movie called 2012? I think they did. Yeah, I remember seeing a movie about so, that. So 2012 went by with a whimper. Yeah, that was a, that was kind of a fizzle dud. Brexit is come and gone. Yeah. Now, the, I guess the next big thing to talk about is how long until climate change people stop freaking out about that or maybe we'll just keep freaking out about it i think the climate's always going to change let me tell you when it's going to change yeah uh, the whole it's gonna get really hot the fire and brimstone event yeah that whole i think it'll be the talk of the town year. it'll be a little warm yeah i think it's going to be global uh, warming yeah i think so. instantaneous global warming right well i was reading some articles about climate change really yeah one guy um he says here that the sabbath the traditional jewish ancient shabbat jewish practice of shabbat yeah might be the answer or saving the world. Really? Sabbath saves the world. <laughs> not lighting fires and not riding in cars no, just and not saying pushing elevator all, buttons? If we all took a pause every week and we did not use any technology Ooh. and I guess candlelight maybe and no power. What would Kip Dynamite say? 
the whole world, we would be so much better. Yep. I don't know about that. But then there was this great article. It was also on the same website. Well, linked from the same website. Uh, new therapy for age, for an age of climate grief. There is an emerging cohort of therapists and artists who are developing novel ways to help people process the anxiety and helplessness triggered by climate grief. Climate, climate grief. grief. Climate grief is the feeling of helplessness and not being able to fix the climate change dilemma and just this oppression that that a number of Americans, Westerners, are feeling about this overwhelming sense. So they have these new therapies. One of them that they highlighted in this article taking place in New York City where a group of 20 and 30-somethings gathered together for an evening of getting in touch with nature where they listen to the sounds of insects and they have someone walk around and dust them with flowering, they call it, with flower petals so that they feel they feel the feeling of the insects. And then they can go to an altar where there are fruits and dead bees, just to remind us of how important the bees are for the fruits. <laughs> I, I got therapy people, I wish that. people could see your face. I, I just, I'm not kidding you. This is newsworthy. Really? Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to spank their children, please. That, uh, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, Ian Crow, a 31-year-old product designer who attended the second nocturnal medicine event held at a plant nursery in Los Angeles, said he felt a catharsis afterwards. It felt like I was attending Earth's funeral. That was a quote. Y you know what he needs to do? <laughs> He needs to go chew on a I nine mean, volt battery. I don't want to. I don't want to like totally delegitimize this whole thing. But no, this kind of stuff makes it just comedy. Okay, like Miles, what? Get off your high horse. No, like I you mean, totally delegitimize. Let's I be totally truthful. Did. Ian, you Crow, think it is so I mean, he's dumb? Just up the road in L.A. Come on, love sack up. Dinner. You hate it. I would love to have dinner. Come on, with Ian Crow. I'm gonna kick you in the knee. You I hate felt, it. You I hate felt it. Like I was attending Earth's funeral. Come on, come on. Go chew a nine volt battery. Come will on, ya? please. I mean, that's just, that's lame. These poor people, they're being led astray. 46% of Americans said they feel outraged. 45% said they feel afraid. 66% said they feel worried about climate change. Well, and that's 10 because point, they asked... 10% point increase okay, since 2014. That's because they asked 10 people in a Starbucks in downtown San Francisco. That's where More, they got their percentages. Well, but at least they didn't have straws in their drinks. More than half also reported feeling helpless. helpless. Of course they're helpless. I'm helpless. They're all sharing four brain Get a job. cells. That's ridiculous. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, no, I, like I'm not I said, sorry. Like I said, I don't want to. Yeah, sorry. There not you go. Sorry. The first three minutes, you sucked all the compassion out of. Sorry, me. not sorry. Hey, cold-blooded love. I'm just trying to help that, with cold-blooded. I'm telling the truth. Well, here, let they me. They need. You, to, they need a spanking. Let me give you a better reality. A better article. All right. A replacement for exercise? Question mark. Oh yeah. Whether it be a brisk walk around the park or high-intensity training at the gym, exercise does a body good. It we does. Are, we are saying that, aren't we? We are totally down. But what if you could harness the benefits of a good workout without ever moving a muscle? Crystal meth? <laughs> Michigan medicine researchers studying a class of naturally occurring protein called cestrin, 
have found that it can mimic many of exercise's effects in flies and mice. But the best part about this is they created they created a fly treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> This is government-funded grant. Government-funded grant research. Yeah, Don't yeah, flies yeah. only like live for three days oh or something gosh. like that? I mean, do they have to get bigger ones for a horse fly? I actually, I'll skip down to this point. Oh, please. Taking advantage Per adventure. Of, taking advantage of drosophilia flies, normal instinct to climb up and out of a test tube. Their collaborators, Robert Wessels, PhD, and Allison Sudrakowski, something or other, of Wayne State University in Detroit developed a hold type on, hold of... Hold on, hang on a second. Wayne State? Wayne State. Like, they, party on, Garth. They developed a type of fly treadmill. There is no it. such place as Wayne State. There can't be. Listen to what I'm saying. I, I, I Using the it. fly treadmill, the team trained the flies <laughs> for three weeks and compared the running and flying ability of normal flies with that of the flies bred to lack the ability... To make Sestrin. Oh, gosh. <laughs> flies can usually run around four to six hours at this point, and the normal flies' abilities improved over that period, says Lee. Yeah. The flies without Sestrin did not improve with exercise. So um, so apparently they can, they can give you increased Sestrin, a naturally occurring protein in the body, and it will cause your muscles to grow, mimicking the experience of exercise. This could help with people who have atrophied muscles. Mm-hmm. This could help with people who are experiencing the loss of muscle in outer space, which is a very, very big threat to humanity. Well, listen, if we're going to get to Mars, then uh, on the way to Mars, then you could have some real loss of muscle, which could be very bad for one of the muscles in your body that pumps the blood through your body, okay. which could be a problem. I have an idea. Yeah. Can I pick Don't go to the Mars. first people that we send to Mars? I want to go. I have a list. I want to go. Oh, they, they come back? Cross-connection Mars. Oh, the, but they come back, though. Maybe. Okay. Just a thought. I, I, the fly story, only one thing goes through my mind. I was watching a, a launch of a SpaceX rocket yeah. the other day, and uh, Elliot saw it, too. And Elliot says, Dad, can we go to space? I said, son, let's plan for it. There you go. So my six-year-old, he's on board. We're going to space someday. Have you ever? So, did you know that Sir Richard Branson? Did that name ring a bell? Yeah, from like Branson, Missouri. No, no, no. Virgin Sir, Airlines. Virgin Airlines. Sir, Virgin, no, Virgin but Telecom. I, Virgin Airlines. I Virgin Records. Think he had something to do with Branson, like a Virgin. Missouri. Anyway, yeah. so uh, Sir Richard Branson. Uh, they have Virgin Galactic. Virgin Galactic. He's another billionaire like Elon Musk and like Jeff Bezos, who are developing space technology. This year, well, like us, we're going to be billionaires one day. And we're well on in our way. In heaven. Well on well our way. Well on our way. Yes. Um, so uh, Sir Richard Branson, beginning this year, Virgin Galactic will be taking people to the edge of space on, uh, this is just taking civilians who want to pay for the ticket. The ticket costs a quarter of a million dollars oh, for about a seven-minute ride. Do you get frequent flyer miles? Quarter of a million dollars. Seven minutes. Well, I mean, that's definitely first class. Well, you know, and I saw a little article. I think it was the BBC did a little article on this video article, and they were uh, they were talking about how um, they well they asked the people at Virgin Galactic because this is going to be flying out of New Mexico because all good things happen in New Mexico, absolutely, and because um, they they stop over from Florida. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, they were saying so. Who are some of the people that are signing? Well, you know, we we can't really talk about the people because you know they they have some privacy concerns here, but but there are some people who have publicly already said that they've purchased tickets, including. Justin Bieber, 
and um, uh, what's his name? The guy in Ocean's Eleven, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. So they're talking about you know the normal, very wealthy people. They've they've ponied up the quarter of a million dollars to go on the seven minute ride. But there are some people who have taken out second mortgages to take the seven minute trip to space. That I shall say is a very bad use of money. Well, yeah, wouldn't you agree? It, I mean, let's it's, just say that won't be a the, line item in the cross connection. No, it will not be. No. Uh, you know, you I, I think of that. one thing from that one story. What? Help me. Help me. I don't know what that is. You never saw the fly? Oh, is that what you that was? Poor that, man. Was he on a fly treadmill? What did that Probably have to do with space? they were working him on the fly trip. Well, you interrupted me. Mm, I, I had a mm, thought. Mm. Us elderly people, we get rolling down the street. I was. I had moved way beyond that. I, I was, know you I was had. already in you space. Were, you were alone. I you was were in your, the ionosphere. You were. Yeah. Yeah. You were great. You're, you were giving yourself applause. Well, you I were excited. To, I tried to give you some some news to work with. I want, I want you to be updated about what's happening in the world. I appreciate that you bringing me up to speed, Miles. Right. I, you just know, trying to help. I mean, trying I'm, to do my They're part. in my office, and I, I you know. I just have been barded with, you know, I don't want you to miss out on impeachment things and speeches. That's been taken care of. Yeah, so we're all done with that. We don't have to talk about that anymore. Oh, guess what? No, we'll keep. We never talked about it. Oh, here on the show. No, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous, ridunculous. Wow, that's a great word. Ridiculous. It's like inconceivable. Mm, I do not think that word means what you think it means. Oh, my name is Anigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Prepare to die. Yeah. That's a great movie. It is a great movie. I love that movie. The book was really strange, but the, the movie was good. I didn't read the book. I did. Yeah? Yeah. I don't recommend it. Peter so, Falk and... That name sounds familiar. Why do I know that name? Fred Savage? Who's Peter Falk? Oh, he's Columbo. Columbo. Right? He, was the, he was the grandpa. Yeah. Fred Savage. I forgot and, about that and part. Was it Fred Savage? Yeah. Because he was right. from like the Wonder Years or something? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that, he was a big deal in the 80s. Was he? Yeah. Wow. Kind of a big deal in the 80s. Was Justin, Justin Bieber was guy a big deal in the 90s or the 2000s? That was the O's. Yeah, that would be the O's. Oh, okay. All right. The O's. Man, uh-huh. that sound cool. The O's. We're in the 20s. The rotting 20s, I think. Tw- the rotting right. 20s. We're not calling it the roaring 20s. Oh, the man. 20s. That is, that is, wow. I have coined that phrase, the rotting 20s. Craziness. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else happening. The weather can't figure out what it wants to do. One day it's hot. One day it's freezing cold. It was 28 degrees in the valley last night, Sam Squall Valley. I feel like I want a refund on my sunshine test. It was really cold. It was chilly. Yeah. It was yeah. chilly. When I woke up this morning, uh, we, we, did not, we had not turned on the heater, which I probably should have because my poor little kids were like freezing in the morning. It's good for them. It was 58 degrees in the house this morning. That's cold. Yeah, I got up pretty early this morning, uh-huh. and it was, it was like chilly. high 50s in the house. It was chilly. Yeah. yeah, I slept with socks on. Yes, I usually don't do that. Yeah, no, it makes my feet feel funny. Yeah, but it was worth it. Well, that's good. So, anyways, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I have any other spiritual minty freshness to add to the news of the day. So, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm not doing any polls in Starbucks in San Francisco, but what? So you missed the whole thing. That's where that one poll came from, you know, people with the climate change thing. Oh, oh. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I want to take care of the earth. I don't like to trash well, I, it. Well, we we are told by God in Genesis to 
Yeah. Tend it. Be stewards. Tend the garden. Right? Be good do stewards. That. Yeah, I think we should do that. Yeah. Probably not a good idea to be worshiping it. Though. Okay, so if, if, let's do the hypothetical, because, you know, there is consensus among many climate scientists that man-made climate change is Consensual real. science. So, if the consensus is correct, because there's some people that disagree with this, and let's say man-made climate change is, is a problem and real, how should we address that as good stewards of the earth tending the garden? What do you think? Go. How do we... Tending the garden. Tending mm. the garden of the earth. I think we should do whatever is prudent and makes sense and exercise wisdom at the time. Yeah. You know? And it I, seems like technology is doing a lot of that. I mean, people are using more solar energy and we're trying to harness wind energies and we're trying to find alternate fuels and we're trying to cut back on emissions. It seems like we're doing a lot. Of, now, okay. Yeah, thanks, I mean, like I'll say this, this, definitely. I was not born until just before the 1980s. Correct. So I hear stories about the air quality in the 1970s with, with uh, leaded fuels that it was like super, super, super bad and that this is really good in comparison. Is this your experience? Would you say yes? I would agree with that. We don't, we yeah. used to say like a cloud hung over right, at my times. Dad, my we used dad to say said, it was from LA. My dad said that LA was horrendous it back was. in the 70s. So I think there's been some great advancements and it's good to push to those things. That's good. It's important. But the other thing that's kind of a little bit we have to keep in check too is is like if you go travel to other manufacturing countries, uh -huh. they're horrible. Yeah, we do have some issues because India and China, China especially. But um, it, so it was I think interesting. We so could, we could leverage that though. We could leverage some, you know, let's clean so there's up our a guy, act. Here. There's a guy named uh, Stephen Pinker and Stephen Pinker is, uh, I, I'm not exactly sure what his background degree is, but he's a professor at Harvard. He's a pretty well-known guy and written some some fascinating books. Uh, there's a lot of things I don't agree with him because he's he's not a believer. He's an atheist, but he kind of um, he, he's he's generally what we would call like a progressive. So politically left, uh, probably more than often votes Democrat. I would assume. Uh, so he's he definitely agrees with hey the issue on the whole climate change. We got to do something about this. But he got into all kinds of trouble recently with people that are similar to him in worldview because he said, you know, one of the things we really need to do is more nuclear energy. That would be a much cleaner energy. Mm -hmm. And it kind of freaked people out. But, so. Well, a lot of these things are very, in the news, are very emotional. They're not Everything grounded in, emotional. in, whoa, man, it was like an earthquake. Yeah, there was what a man-made earthquake. Yeah, I just kicked the desk. I kicked the desk. Well, yeah. the desk was being was not behaving itself. Oh, man, so, that's anyway. a good desk. You got to be good to this desk. That's a, that's um, a sturdy desk. That desk weighs Ron about Benedictus 400 desk. 400 yeah, pounds. Know, Your dad does not build soon. light, wimpy things. He just built me a new desk for my house. Really? Yeah, for my home office. Can you drive a car over it? No, this is a little bit different, but it's very nice. It came out. I, I mean, he gets better and better all the time. Wow. It's a good job. Got to keep that employ that guy employed because he's dangerous when he's not busy. I saw your mom today. Yeah. She was at the prayer thing. Oh, good. Praying good, it up good. for the people. Well, that's that's dandy. You were in trouble, by the way. Me? Yes, you were in With trouble. my mom? Yes, what did I do? I'm. She said that you called her old. I. She says, <sighs> but then she goes, you know, in the sermon, this is the bad thing about family at church. At the in the sermon, he was saying eighty's not old at all. You can, you know, she's not get out and do something. No, she said okay. She tried to tell me she was making comment some comment about old people. I know you're listening, mom. She was making some comment. I don't even remember the all the details of the conversation, but she's making some comment about old people. Of course you don't, because it's your mom. We and never I, listen. And I'm like, what, what old people are we talking about? And then she kind of references an old person who is the same age as her. So you can't say 
that old. someone who's your same age is old and not acknowledge that you are in the same category. It's not helpful. I don't, I, uh, moms get a pass, I think. Clearly, this conversation is stressing me out. My nose is running. I know you're, you're, you're weeping and gnashing of teeth. I mean, Goodness gosh, gracious. the grandmother of your children. Well, I mean, let's, let's just put it in perspective. She is a grandmother. She's a great grandmother. She's, I mean, well, she's not a great no, grandmother, no, but she is a really great good grandmother. grandmother. Good grandmother. But good does not describe her. Yes, she's spectacular. You, you really... It, One of the best grandmothers I go around. over there, and your kids are running all over the place. I'm like, Miles, you should get her a condo in Hawaii. My kids are hooligans on Summit Ridge Drive. As soon as they at, get to Summit Ridge, as they should hooligans. be, they're there with their cousins tearing it up. Oh my goodness, that's good. Hooligans, that's good. That house is well used. It is well used. Yeah, I grew so up there. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I just was reporting that as I came in. I didn't, you know, you might want to just get her some flowers or something. Mm, Valentine's old. Is yeah, mm. old. I that was. That sounds so bad when you put it like that, but it wasn't. It it wasn't like that. Maybe she just did it for effect. I don't know. No, she certainly throwing did. you under the bus. She's she's trying to get sympathy. All right. Well, well, there you go. That's okay. Kansas City Chiefs beat up on the 49ers on Sunday, so now people aren't going to pick on me this weekend because I was rooting for the Chiefs. You did um, make the point that the word chief appears in the Bible how many times? Two hundred and seventy-one. Wow. And um, that's just the English word chief in the New King James Version. So, yeah. The sinners of which I am chief. You know, the passage of Scripture we will be in this weekend in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 9 through 18, talks about leaders, and the word leader there is chief. Ooh. And the chiefs are the leaders of the NFL. We so call, my, we call my dad the chief. Yes, you do. Yeah, that's his name. We call, my kids call my dad the chief. Uh-huh. Because he was a chief engineer. I'm assuming both. you didn't watch any of the game. Not a second of it. Not you know what I fan. did? What? I went down to Point Loma. Did you have Point Loma Seafoods? I did not have Point Loma Seafoods, uh, but I I spent the day with my wife hanging out there. Well, not the day, but a good, good part of the day. You know, watching Speaking the about boat hanging ramp, out with your wife um, with Valentine's coming up. Do you are you a Valentine's observer or kind of like a eh? I don't need that. Well, I do observe Valentine's Day. Okay, but I refer to it as amateur hour. Oh, it's for the young people. No. The young unmarried folk. No. It's no? for the people that, you know, they try to get it all done on one day. You should be doing stuff like that all, all the, the time. time. That's a good for point, your, Mark. Yes. You should do and that. And that's why your marriage is so good. Well, I think so. So good. She's very forgiving. So good. I got a you. Oh. Dun, dun, wow. James Brown, Man, soul brother number one. Well. I love James well. Brown. Well, we've been uh, bantering here for a while. He's should with Jesus, get, though. Should we get into the question? I sure hope James Brown's with Jesus. There you go. I don't know. There you go. I don't know much about James Brown. Oh, I didn't even man. know that that's who sang that song. I just knew James that. Brown. Yeah, Soul song. Brother Number One. Yeah, he spent some time in jail, and so then they were calling him Cell Brother Number One. Speaking about music and secular music, we have a question about that. I know they still we'll haven't have found what that. they're looking for. We'll, but we'll to come to that. that later. Okay. Okay. Let's um, go with question number one, shall we? Let's do it. Let's light this candle. What is the biblical purpose of the church? What, a Greek word for that is what? Ecclesia. Ecclesia. Yeah. Ecclesia. Okay, Depends cool. on how you say it. In Spanish, it's Ecclesia. Oh, like man. Julio Iglesias. Mm. For how the prayers I say before. Yeah. So yeah, Walla Julio. You just want to sing today. There, I I have. I'm letting out my inner Julio. I better watch I guess it. So okay. So what is the biblical purpose of the church? Question mark. Huh. I've heard two contrasting mindsets. Numero uno, 
Church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. That's kind of cool. That's one way of saying it. I think that is tweetable. Sounds like a t-shirt. It's under the limit of characters. There you go. You could tweet that. Versus a different mindset. Church is a gathering of wheat, not the tares. Mm. I'm not going with that one. No. I, I will not get that tattoo. Or other similar analogies. The church is Christ's bride. Which mindset is correct? Both A and C? All the above? If you ask 20 different pastors the question, what is the purpose of the church? You're going to get a whole bunch of different answers and find some similarities, I would say. Yeah. We actually have our pastors reading a book having to do with the purpose of the church right now, an old book. Yeah. By Pastor Rick Warren. Purpose-driven church. We're, We're reviewing... The purpose-driven church. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think he's got a lot of good things to say. In I think Pastor Rick had some really um, He biblical... talks about five purposes yeah. of the church. Okay. And I think there's what? Discipleship, worship, evangelism. I don't know. I don't remember the other ones. But anyway, so he gives five purposes. But I think, like I said, if you ask 20 different pastors, what's I'll the purpose six, of the church? Because of cross-connection. Connection. Well, no, I would say awesomeness. Awesomeness. Well, yeah. yeah that's I mean, just yeah. describing us. Yeah, that's not really the purpose. It, yeah. It's just a description. Well, more of out. an awesome humbleness. Yeah. A humble awesome awesomeness. humility. There you yeah. go. Awesome, awesome humility. humility. Ooh, their humility is awesome. Mm, everything is awesome. I wonder if we'll get that I wonder if we'll get that comment. Everything in the is card. awesome when you're part of Cross Connection Church. Everything's cool. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, if you ask 20 pastors what's the purpose of the church, you're gonna get a whole bunch of different answers and there'd be some similarity. I would I would have no problem with the idea of hospital it's a hospital for sinners. That's true. There's some truth. hundred percent. It's not a museum for saints. I, I'd agree with that. Yep, I would. The agree. whole thing about uh, a gathering of wheat and not the tares. Well, n- no, you I disagree with that one. And you'd have to say um, there, there's going to be tares amongst the wheat until yes. the end when God separates the wheat from the tares. So yep. you know you're going to find some sinners in the church who haven't really put their trust in Jesus, and sometimes they're not the sinners you think they are. Yeah, I mean, I've always looked at the church as like a gathering of imperfect people. Yeah, that are. And the, realize and they're know, imperfect. When you know you're imperfect. You know Good. you're imperfect. Yeah. I mean, what's the most frightening yeah. verse it's, in the Bible? The most frightening. Frightening verse in the Bible. Oh, Lord, Lord. Many people come to me in that day saying, Lord, Lord. Did we not prophesy in oh, your name? Cast man. out demons in your name? And I didn't Do know. Do any mighty works in your name? Yeah. And he said, depart from me. I never knew y'all. They thought they knew him and he didn't know them. Exactly. Oh. We cast out electrical demons. I mean, we did everything and then I didn't Boy. know you. That so, is so terrifying. Yeah, I, I would. I don't know that I would agree with the wheat and tares. Yeah, one. I don't agree with that one because um, it makes it seem exclusive. I think you know, there's a lot. There, but this church is full of sinners, right? Are there other analogies? There's tons of different analogies, but yeah, the bride of Christ. That's one of them. So, the, so saying which mindset is correct? I don't think we just say one. There's there's a lot of different ways we describe it. Yeah, I think overall, church is a gathering of sinful people who put their trust in Jesus, been forgiven by Him. They worship together. They fellowship together. They learn scripture together they serve god together yeah i i think um it should be a place where they're trying to support one another encourage one another uh i will also say one of the purposes of the church like it or not you're going to get offended there you're going to get disappointed there just might uh you might get dissed there Mm. um but if you lean into it you could be refined and perfected even in the imperfection of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Lean in. Lean into it. Plug in. Plug in. Don't be a spectator. Exactly. It's so, not a museum for saints. It is not a movie theater. This is a this is be a, a participant 
Yes. Not a spectator. There's no bleach. There's no bleachers in a church. Bleachers. That's right. Everybody's on the field. Game. Exactly. That's EA Sports. Get in the game. Get in the. Who's that? What it is? Get in the game. What's EA Sports? It's a video game sports thing. Oh, okay. Which now did you know there are professional video game sports leagues? Oh, my thumbs hurt. I sprained a thumb. These guys are making big bucks to play video games. Remember when people used to say, Can I tell you who they're not? You're going to stop playing those video games. That's never going to earn you an income. It's like, well, actually it is. Get off my lawn. Oh, my goodness. Number two. All right. I think we've... We we totally ran the water out of that one. Crushed it. Okay. Number two, Leviticus. Leviticus. And you'll have to bring up the Leviticus. Mm. Ooh, would mm. that be cool to Leviticus? have like a tribe of people called Leviticus? That'd be kind of freaky. It'll be the next Star Wars movie for sure. They're going to have robes. Star Wars is done. Leviticus 1912. It's because Disney got a hold of it, the great Satan. Anyway, Leviticus 1928 tells us not to cut our skin or have tattoos. You shall, make, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead. Okay. Nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. But at Cross Connection and other churches, some have tattoos. Is that okay? Or are these members disobeying the word of God? Thanks. I think we need to I think we need to define what those marks on the body meant in Leviticus, what they were talking about first. Well, I find it fascinating that the verse just before that says, you shall not shave around the sides of your head, nor shall you disfigure the edges of your beard. So never cut your facial hair. Dang it, Mark. Ooh. See this face? What? what? Smooth, as a, you, smooth as a baby's bottom. Why did you bottom. disobey Leviticus 1927? Because I'm, I'm just, I'm a rebel. You are such a sinner. I am never going to be Leviticus. Good night. I'll mm. never be a member of the Leviticus. Mm. Man, oh man. You got a Levitication. That's what's going on. If a stranger dwells in your land, you shall not mistreat him. That's illegal aliens right there. Yeah, you got to be nice to them. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Don't mistreat them. Give no regard to mediums or unfamiliar spirits. Do not seek after them. That's good. I think that's I a good think plan. think that is stay away from the witch of Endor. To be defiled by them, I am the Lord your God. Yeah. So I don't think that this has a lot of bearing on tattoos You shall rise today. before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man and fear your God. So every time someone older than you, an elder walks in, you should stand up, honor them. All right. Well, okay. You remember that. Okay. All right. I'll just kind of give you the... Whippersnapper. Like, hey, dude. Yeah, so you're whipping hey, and snapping dude. over here. Yeah. Hey. Hey, hey dude. Yeah. Hey. Okay, Leviticus 19.28. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead. dead. Those are the operative words. Yes. For the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. Obviously, lots of different thoughts on this whole thing. I personally am practically opposed to tattoos for myself. Not interested in tattoos. I don't like needles. You know what? I don't like needles either. That's not been the reason, though. Every time I've considered the thought of like, people have said, oh, you should get a tattoo, which I've never really thought. The thought has never been my own. It's like people have said the whole thing. I, I think... There's nothing that I would want, like, tattooed forever on me. You know what Rich Gary used to say? Mm. It was the permanent reminder of temporary insanity. <laughs> you know what? There's a number <laughs> of people I know where that is actually the truth. I, they, they go, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, I don't see a big spiritual side to it. Sometimes I have been told that um, it's the thing you put on the outside of your body that talks about what's going on the inside of your heart. Maybe. But I don't, yeah, I don't see a big 
problem with the whole deal. Yeah, it seems that the cuttings and the markings, tattoos that are mentioned in Leviticus 19.28 are more ritualistic having to do with pagan practices. Yeah, it's it, tattoos are way too mainstream for me. Yeah. I'm a rebel. This is a clean slate right here. I'm waiting for all my molecules to settle down. Well, you do know that Revelation chapter 19 says that Jesus, he has a marking on him that says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Does he have a tattoo? No, but he's got scars in his hands. He does have scars in his hands. The only ones in heaven that'll be there. Mm. That's kind of sobering. Yeah. He still bears the marks. That's so kinda... do I think it's sin to get a tattoo? Not necessarily. No. No. I think it has to do with more of the the things connected with it in Leviticus 19.28. So, yeah. That's why it's mentioned. Truly. I'm not getting a tattoo, though. No, you don't want to go down to the, well, one of 900 tattoo parlors in Escondido and get some matching tattoos, you and me. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> that would the, be... The cross-connection symbol. Yeah, I, I, I think that would be... I think we would be accused of something more than when we bought no, the espresso no, we machine. Be, we'd just be cool, man. Yeah. We'd no, be cool. I'm good. We'd I'm fit good. in. We'd I'm not fit a, in with the young crowd. Not, I, not, see, I'm a rebel. I, I'm going mm. without, I'm going clean slate. Yeah. Now, from the practical side of the tattoo. You're thing, a Calvary Chapel rebel wearing a Hawaiian shirt. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, these are not Hawaiian shirts. We call them pastor's mumus. I will not bow to any Hawaiian shirt. Right. I know. You're boycotting that. I'm sorry. But mm -hmm. you. you Boycott. Yeah, you're just missing something special. The so, but you you ever see the gal who like at 25 gets the tattoo of the rose? It's not just the gal. I mean, look at guys uh, who I'm, are like I'm no 60 years later, and it's just this like black mark on the body. Well, yeah. When I mean, as you get older, sometimes and maybe things move different places. Right. It goes from a rose to like a rose bush, mm. or maybe it looks like you got shot with a paintball gun. So you yeah. got to think ahead on these things. I'm working so at 70. Yeah. I mean, my body will be at perfection at 70. My wife has a couple tattoos. Yeah, no, I know. She is currently having them removed. Really? Yeah, she's been having the laser treatment to have them removed. Oh, wow. Because what did you say a tattoo is? A reminder of what? what? The, 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 the permanent reminder of temporary insanity. And the one that's being removed is exactly that. Was alcohol involved? No. Okay. But Pe Peer pressure? Uh, college sorority was involved. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. It, and we all do things that are in our youth that we go, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that later. Yeah, I kind of mentioned that on Sunday. Oh, yes, you did. Long list of I wish I wouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. Could have, should have, would have. And you know what? I have not met too many people in their older age who don't have tattoos go, gosh, I wish I would have done that. Well, you can always do it. But, you but I've met some out. people that say, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Although I do know some other people, some good friends of mine, who they just love them. It's like it's artwork that's with them all the time and that means something to them and it has great value for certain points in their life and i get it all right cool groovy Sounds mom good. all right maybe you should get a tattoo that has mom on there what yeah nah nah genie <laughs> okay come on miles i'll drive you down there <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll if i got I'll a be your wingman on my that mom and not a tattoo for my wife i would be in trouble so no uh no tattoos you've got two arms yeah, I'm too I'm too cheap to do tattoos. Okay, yeah. that, that's me. I'm just a cheapskate. I wouldn't I'm do that. And I hate needles. I ain't paying for that. Oh yeah, man. exactly. I ain't paying for someone to jab me with a needle for like four hours. Oh, give me a break. Yeah. Okay. Didn't, isn't that called torture? I think that's called the ballet. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, is that what it was? Okay. 
All right. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know what? I went there. I'm sorry. You've got young daughters. They're going to be in ballet, I'm sure, and you're going to have to watch. Number three. Okay. How do you discern between God's purpose for you and your own bucket list? Because you did mention focus. That's a good question. Uh, God's purpose, his plan, his vision for you versus your own bucket list. Well, I so I ask people a lot of times when they're trying to discern um, kind of direction or vision from God, I ask them a very simple question, which actually turns out to be a challenge for some people. If you could do anything that you wanted to do and nothing was keeping you from doing it, nothing was standing in the way, what would you do? And so you have to kind of really work on the whole issue of desire. What are, what are the core desires? And then you kind of got to filter that desire through some additional questions. You know, is this something through which or by which you can bring glory to God? And, um, and you know, one of the things I've found, and I think you've probably experienced the same, is that the longer I walk with the Lord, the more he transforms my desires. Because I believe that when we read in the Psalms, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I believe that means that as you seek and follow the Lord, he gives new desires into your heart. And so those desires become your actual desire. So your bucket list changes. So I would say that if you take a person who's not a Christian and you look at their bucket list, and then they become a Christian and you fast forward three or five years, you find that the bucket list has changed substantially to new things, new desires. Like I remember I mentioned on Sunday, uh, wrestling with the the thought of if I surrender to the will of God, he's going to make me go somewhere I don't want to go. You're going to Africa. That's and what I everybody can remember, thinks. And I can remember thinking yeah. that exact thing. Like, I don't want to go to Africa. And then you fast forward like 10 years later, and um, I was like super excited wanting to go to Africa with my friend Luke Ryder, who serves in Mozambique. And like, man, I can't wait to go to Africa. How did that happen? Well, God changes our desires. Yeah. I, I've, told, I've mentioned it before. I really like the example uh, in Samuel with uh-huh. Hannah. Yeah. You know, she wants, she has a desire that she wants a child. That's a great desire. Um, and she's got some uh, social pressure on her to have a child. You're a second-class citizen in that culture, really, at the time. There was, you know, some type of uh, shadow cast on your character if you could not conceive a child. And so the reasons for her wanting a child were not bad. But when her heart her desires lined up perfectly with god's and what that was is lord i want to have this child to give him back to you god was waiting for that part of the problem i believe her desire that last little bit of seasoning she needed to do be um, drawn towards where it went from i want a child to take away my shame and to have and to hold not bad things but when it became I want this child because I'm going to give them back to you. God was waiting for that in her heart, and he granted that desire because that was his desire too. And Samuel, I mean, we could argue about this a little bit, but I believe Samuel was one of the greatest prophets that Israel ever saw. Right. And God was just waiting for her heart to line up with his. There you go. And it it happened. That's one of my favorite examples of it. Yeah, that's a great one. So um, Well, so I take my whole thing on desire being the way that God moves us. Mm-hmm. Um, from that passage in Psalm, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of the heart. heart. And Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, work out your own salvation for it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So God works in us to desire and do. So he leads us into his will for us by desire, by transforming our desires. So that's where that question, if you could do anything you wanted to do and nothing was standing in the way, what would you want to do? And as you start to formulate that desire, what is the desire that you have? 
then there's some real easy questions. Is what you desire to do illegal, immoral, or unethical? Right. Um, if the answer is yes, then, well, that's not from Jesus. He wouldn't give you something illegal, immoral, or unethical that is his will. But if it's not, then okay. Uh, is the desire that you have in line with the principles of Scripture? Uh, you know, does it fit with what God has revealed in his mm-hmm. word? Can God be glorified through it? It's not primarily selfish. And, um, and then you start to orient your life in the direction of moving in that direction, which is what we were talking about this mm-hmm. last weekend, taking an aim and moving in that direction, and see how the Lord directs, how he leads. Does he open doors? Does he make provision for it? And Because um, there are certain things that I have desired over the years that the Lord just didn't open a door for it. And I've met plenty of people over the years who they had a desire to maybe go to the mission field. They had a desire to go towards a certain occupation. And it's like the, the doors just didn't open. It's not like they weren't knocking. It's like they were doing the things they were trying to do to knock on those doors to see if the Lord mm-hmm. would open it and just didn't open. Right. And being in the way, the Lord led them in a different direction. Right. And you and I have both met the people that were, they're kind of the people that they dream up this grand plan and then they expect God and everybody else just to, to blow show up it. and make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just doesn't typically doesn't happen. And I like to use, um, I had a study I did with the guys, but uh, the whole example of David in the whole Bathsheba incident, uh-huh. and he made about eight turns, decisions. Blunders. Yes. The first is never get involved in a land war in Asia, and only no, slightly less, less known. No, no. Never, never get bet in with a Sicilian when death, when death is, is on, on the line. Yeah, sorry, no, I totally yeah, I do distracted, agree. I'm sorry. But... Um, but just, you know, David uh, David made one mistake after another. And in that little study I do, you, things like, you know, the servant comes to him and goes, yes, that's the wife of Uriah. He's trying to throw... mighty men. Yeah, he, he's trying to hey, throw the boss a bone. Maybe not a good idea. Yeah, that's just a four-letter word. It's wife. She belongs to somebody else. Mm. Uh, what part of not this... yours. Right. So then David, you know, conflicts with Scripture... And then he lies. He goes. I think to he's cover what you would call a baboso, right? Baboso, yeah. yeah baboso, I mean, yeah. you know, it's interesting. You got to watch that one. Yeah, because I don't know Spanish. Some so. Spanish-speaking countries, uh-huh. baboso just means like blithering fool or knucklehead, which would be in that situation. In that, yeah. yeah well, Very and then unwise. in other Spanish cultures, uh, it's kind of a cuss word. Oh, okay, well, we'll be careful yeah. with that. So, one. Uh, the, I do know with the Costa Ricans, you let it fly. We don't want the They're little good. e. Right. On our, on our podcast, making exactly. it Exactly. But there are some uh, vieja, old Mexican grandmothers that they heard they you say, you smack? Bob also, they would give you la chancla. What's la chancla? A sandal. Oh, okay. the butt or the head. Okay, right. Yeah, la chancla. So anyway. Boot to the head. Yeah. So that's, you know, you got to watch where you throw out your Spanish okay, words. Okay, I'll work on that. Okay. Um, so that's how you discern between God's, your, your will and God's will. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is a big part of that. And the interesting thing is, when your desires line up with God's desires, he is not denied. Go for it. So, yeah. Uh, Ask a friend. Seek counsel from people. We're going to talk about that this weekend. Wisdom. Wisdom. Scripture. Go go look at the scriptures and see what the scriptures say. That's a good idea to, you know, is this selfish? Things like that. So, you know, can I afford it's always a good one. You know. What's the wise thing to do? That's wisdom. Is is there wisdom in this? Okay. Here's a good question. If I'm a single woman, be it unmarried, widowed, or divorced, can I also look to Isaiah 54 for the comfort that the Lord himself is my husband, or is it speaking only to Israel? 
Well, I mean, the passage in Isaiah 54 is speaking to Israel, and it is talking about the covenant. And a lot of times when we think of a covenant, both then and now, is going to be the issue of the covenant of marriage. And so we do have that, that word picture, that metaphor utilized there. For your maker is your husband. Isaiah 54, verse 5, talks about that. Um, but I will say that this same truth is reiterated in the New Testament under the New Covenant because the church is called the Bride of Christ. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, but again, these, these words are used metaphorically to describe the relationship that God desires to have with us. So um, I, I probably need to be careful in the way I say this. I mean, it's like we're not literally married to God in, in that sense. Oh, gosh. How, how That'd be kind of weird because I'm a dude. Yes, yes, it would be. But yeah. this is evidently a woman who's yeah. texting this question in. So uh, more this is talking about the closeness of a relationship that we are to have with God. Um, but yeah, I mean, rejoice in the relationship that he has given you. I mean, we relate to God in many different ways. We relate to him as his children. He's our father. We relate to him as he is our king and our Lord and our master. And then we also have the picture of being married to him. We're in a covenantal relationship with him. And so this is why it's so important to walk in faithfulness because we don't want to commit spiritual adultery, which is exactly what Israel did. And that's why they got expelled from the land. They harlotted themselves with idols. And that is something that we can very clearly continue to do, even if we don't have little little carved images that we give sacrifices to. Kind of ruined Hosea's life to demonstrate that, huh? Right. Right. Man. Did you just let out your inner... Uh, there was a little chuck that Did you let your through. inner chuck out? Right. Yeah, right. Uh, right. You yeah. Know. You know, yeah. next question there, okay, Mark. Okay, okay. Uh, um, why and when did humans stop living as long as people did in Moses' day? Good question. Yeah, because at 80, he's like a teenager, right? Well, he did die at 120. Not bad. There's a number of people that lived a long time. Like, who was the longest that ever lived? 969 years? Enoch? Methuselah. Oh, Methuselah. No, that's Enoch right. was taken away. Oh, that's he right. Youngster. He never died. He was that's a right. youngster. You know, that's an old saying, right? Hmm. When In Jewish culture. Oh, he was as old as Methuselah. Methuselah. They say that. Methuselah. That's a great name, Methuselah. You know what? If he was a wrestler, that's right. Methuselah. I, in, in the left you corner. Should, if you have another kid, you should name him Methuselah. Now, because then people would call him meth for short, and that's not a good How name. cool would that sound in a hockey rink? Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. Like, if you're coming into the... Two-minute two minute penalty box. Or Methuselah. Methuselah. Gonna, that was a big penalty. He's going to be in there a to long Benedictus. time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That would be, be a long name. <laughs> Methuselah to Benedictus. I feel bad for Evangeline. Her name's a half a block long. When they, they, uh, yeah. So why, why and when did humans stop living as long as people did? We should maybe say in Adam's day, because Adam's day on to the yeah. time after the flood, after Noah, they lived even longer than in Moses' day. Um you know, there's a lot of different things that people answer on this. Sometimes people talk about the um, the invasion of the curse mm -hmm. continuing to move in and cause the disruption of the body genetically and uh, the breakdown of the body. What's fascinating is you, you fast forward to the words of Moses that I even mentioned on Sunday where he acknowledges in the Psalm, Psalm 90, the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by right. reason of strength, 80 years, so teach us to number our days. So it would appear that at the time of Moses, you know, typically people were living somewhere around that you know, kind of 70, 80 years what old. What it sounds like. Especially in the generation that he was dealing with. Right. Because all of those people died in their 70s yeah. and 80s. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
you know, it's kind of fascinating to think that the people who came into the promised land with um, Joshua and Caleb, none of them would have been more than 45, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all born on the road. Born on the road. Wow. Yeah. Think about that. So why did people stop living as long? It probably has something to do with the continuation of the curse moving out into humanity. Yeah. And then you see like, you know, pre-flood days. Yeah. I mean, there is a statement in Genesis when God is speaking. I want to say it's in Genesis 9, post-flood. No, wait, it's prior to that. Mm -hmm. In Genesis 6, when... He says that I will not, my spirit shall not always strive with man, strive for he's with just man. flesh. So his days will be 120 years. Um, some people think that that has to do with, well, you know, humans can only live 120 years because of God's decree. Well, that's not really what's going on in that passage. Um, that's really saying that he's he's got a little, relatively short period of time, and then the floods are coming. So, yeah. Anyways. There's all kinds of theories with ozone theories. and yeah, yeah. Ken Ham might be involved. I mean, there's some, you know, there's dinosaurs. There's, if we yeah. get injection, injections of Cestrin, we're going to be fine. Yeah? Yeah. There's a whole bunch of big-time money going into life extension things. The most frightening one is the just upload your consciousness into the cloud. You know what's really scary? What? Botox. Let's not talk about that. Let's not go there. No? No. Botulinum toxin, inject that. It just doesn't make sense. Anyways, number six. If you've got chicken in your lips, it should be fried. Well, that's totally different. That's not the same. Yeah. Different collagen and Botox are not the same. No. Well, we know. I know that. Okay, good. I'm just just saying. The only chicken that should hit your lips, you know. Is the the rotisserie chicken from Costco. We're big on that. Oh, so good. I had one of those the other day. They're going to find out one day those aren't real chickens. Well... Costco is investing big money in making them chickens in Nebraska. A hundred million chickens last year. Anyways. It's like a chickaside. It really is. Yeah, man. You don't see people complaining about that? Well, I guess if you're in PETA, you are. Chickens just aren't that snuggly. Okay. No, they're not. Um, Oh, I read this crazy article the other day about a guy in India mm -hmm. who got attacked by his his, uh, fighting rooster that... He was driving in his car to go to go to a cockfight fight. Man, that is loud. It is loud. Uh, so he's going to go fight with his his fighting rooster, and he already had the razor blades on the rooster's talons and claws, and the rooster decided to let him have it in the car, and uh, and it gashed one of his arteries and died. died. That's a crazy news story. Crazy chicken. El pollo you, you loco. should not be. Chicken fighting. No. Anyways. Yeah. Um, that lesson to yourself. Wow. Yeah. Don't put razor blades on your chicken. No. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. Um, the passage read from Hebrews 3 on Sunday seems to say you could lose your salvation. Ooh, we haven't answered this one in a while. Yeah. If you harden your heart, is that the right way to read that? I don't necessarily, yeah, I don't necessarily think that Hebrews three is the best one to use for that. Um, and in the context of what we were talking about on Sunday, it, it's important to recognize that what Hebrews three is talking about is talking about a group of people who were redeemed. They had been redeemed from Egypt, so they did not enter into the fullness of God's blessing for them. So I think that probably a better way to read that one in Hebrews three. There are other passages though um, that really do bring us to uh, be warned if you will of the danger of what some refer to as apostasy so we have to be uh, we have to take note of those things and draw near to christ because you are 
eternally secure as you are abiding, abiding in, Christ. in Christ. Just keep it between the curbs, people. Right. That came from Pastor Chuck Smith, who's a part of the next question. Glorious. Glorious. Now, okay. turn, turn in your Bibles. You, mes- you mentioned Chuck Smith and Calvary uh, Chapel. Glorious. Yes. Do you good, know good, about good. the split in Calvary Chapel? Oh, yeah. And what do you think about No, never heard of it. Oh, you had to go there. Had to. Had to go there. I think it's a bummer. Me too. Pastor Chuck Smith passed away a few years ago, five years ago, I think now. I believe so. And went to go be with Jesus. We're Chuckless. We are. Yes. And so Pastor Chuck went to go be with Jesus. And since his departure, there has been a, a little bit of a split within Calvary Chapel. Not unexpected. This was something that many of us, including us yes. right here, saw it coming. Saw it coming. And so we actually, there's some things that we adjusted to uh, be ready for that split. Uh, so the split happened along already established fault lines. And I, I, I'll, I'll go so far as to say it had, it's 95%, maybe more, personality-driven. Yeah, it, it, there was already... It's, it's a group of people who don't get along. Yeah, it, it's got nothing to do with a split like in a denomination because we're not a denomination. No, it's like when you have a family and there's some sibling rivalry, yeah. but everybody stays together at the holidays because dad, we love dad. Then dad dies. It's like, you know what? I ain't going to Christmas no more. I yeah. think that's kind of like what it is. Yeah, I think those divisions already existed. They did. They were in the background. Right. But they wouldn't dare come out and say that because they would have gotten a Chuck slap. Right. And nobody wanted to disappoint Papa Chuck. Chuck slap. They would have got Chuck slap. Oh, come With here. A yeah, come here, you punk. And I'm, then, I'm not going to give you my Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Son. Drop dead. My goodness. Oh, so. You really uh, wish you got my Hawaiian shirt, but you're not. Yeah, I'll 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 DW. So you know they didn't want Chuck coming and ripping their dove off, dove off the wall. Nobody wanted to disappoint Chuck. So there are two. There's two. There's groups. two camps. The two camps: the Calvary Global Network and the Calvary Chapel Association. Right. And uh, and you know what? Our church is on both. There you go. They didn't. None of, we haven't gotten written off either one of as them. As far as I know, they probably haven't heard our podcast. Probably not. They're totally. Both of them would drop. I us have like to a say, rock. we did go to the CC, we went to the CGN, GN uh, Calvary Chapel week. Global Network. It was Brian Broderson. I was super encouraged and blessed by those guys. Pastor Ted Leavenworth. He from shared up the road. He shared. He shared did a great, great job. message. I was really humility. encouraged. Yeah. Humility is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Saw some of the pastoral homeboys there. Gave him some right. high fives. It's all good. Hung out with Pastor Ray and the crew. Ray and, Bentley was yeah. there. Brian Broderson was there. Rob Salvato was there. Yeah. Some guys, Leavenworth. some guys I really like. Yeah. And so, and, and there were some new people there that are newly, what, what should we call connected? Yeah. Affiliated. But we also have connections to another group, the Southern Baptist convention. Yes, we do. We're kind of like NASCAR around here. We like lots of patches, stickers, stickers. Yeah. We got a lot of decals yeah. on our car. The Calvary global network, the Calvary chapel association, oh. the Calvary galactic network. We're going to start that one. Absolutely. out of this world when we start our church on we, Mars. We are, you know, we t- the Cross Connection Network. We, we kind of are the NASCAR churches when we, you think we, about yeah, it. Yeah, totally. We swap paint a little bit. Yeah, it's absolutely. Good. That's what this podcast is all about. Exactly. Swapping paint. Rubbing is racing. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Hit that high C. Come on. Come on, Miles. Oh, oh it's getting late around here. Oh, uh, oh. 
It's dinner time and bedtime for me. Oh, you know, that's why I don't allow drinking here. You guys are, you sound snockered. Number eight. All right. Gosh, I missed Chuck. Last one. I know. Oh, I know. man. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I think the division <laughs> is stupid, but okay. All right. There we go. And I hope they, work, I hope everybody out, in boys. the world Get hears some this. boxing gloves and work it out, boys. Yeah, uh, let's come, come on. on now. Let's arm wrestle. Let's do some mud wrestling. Can't we all just get along? Yes. And come here. I'm yeah. going to give you a, a wedgie. <laughs> Number eight, please. All right. Please. Oh, is it okay eject, to listen eject. to non-Christian music like you two, which you talked about listening to on Sunday? I, yes. You still haven't found what you're looking for. I still haven't. Is it okay to listen to non-Christian TV? Like pretty much all of it. Even the Christian stuff is non-Christian. Can you eat non-Christian cupcakes? I I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you let each man can be convinced. Yeah. I, I But a general guideline. Because what is, what is safe for one person in this area might not be for another person. Right. And I think it's a... a, a you know, we want this was a genuine question, right? It is, yeah. Absolutely. And so I think we want to give a, a, a good guideline. There's some, some music I don't listen to because I don't think it's beneficial. Yeah, I typically I do not listen to country western. That's of the devil. You said that I didn't. Anyway, this country western music tells a story, Miles. It has a soul. You wouldn't understand. You, you're, <laughs> you're, you're you and your Mumford and Sons. You know, come on. Oh, and you're in your Coldplay. Uh, oh, I typically would shy away from. Music that has cursing in it. Yeah. Uh, explicit sexual content. Yeah. If a it big, harms your soul. Yeah. What is not it? Helpful. What does it, you know, do to you? Something that's dishonoring to God. I obviously stay away from those things. I always, one of my policies is do, would, I, would I be disappointed if my children were listening to this? Mm. And would it be good for them or bad for them? So I, I try not to. There's a lot of great music out there. And I'll be real honest, some of the worship songs that you hear in church, I'm not going to mention them, not at our church. But I'm like, that sounds pretty lame and theologically makes no sense at all. Uh huh. It's like a Jesus, my girlfriend song. I don't like those songs, and they're supposedly Christian. So I think uh, I do. I love content in songs, and I I love it when songs tell a story. Yes, I agree. So if it is something that brings out something good in me, I like that. Whatever is not of faith is sin, you know. So if you if you can't. Let each one be convinced. You know, who are you to judge another one's servant to his own master? He stands or falls. So, yeah. Yeah. Some people have a real... Now, I will say this. Let me let me throw this out. When I was in high school, mm-hmm. uh, so this is late 90s, um, the secular music thing in church was a big deal. Like, you can't listen to secular music. Oh, yeah. It's people bad. were burning their records. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, throw all your CDs away and, you know, secular music is bad. And I, I can understand where some of that came from, especially since that was kind of like the height of the MTV thing and most right. of everything that was on mtv was pretty seductive and not good well so like i get it <laughs> you know why because mtv was seductive and not good yeah yeah so um so like i understand where that came from however that became in my high school days kind of like a barometer for holiness like if you didn't listen to secular music you were holy now you might be sleeping with your girlfriend or smoking marijuana but at least you didn't listen to secular music so we have to be, we have to be very careful about setting up false barometers of righteousness, mm-hmm. because what one person struggles with is sin. For example, like let's say one person's big sin is 
drinking. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You can make the case that there, there could be some real problems there. So they say, listen, righteousness is not drinking. And so you got a guy who goes, fine, I don't got any problem with that. I'm righteous because the other person doesn't have any problem with, with drinking. Right. But maybe they, they have a real problem with pornography. Right. But you know what? According to your rule, thou shall not drink alcohol. Man, I'm pretty darn righteous. So you start to make yourself feel pretty good because I'm righteous. I don't, I don't drink. Right. But you got all kinds of other vices and right. problems. So we have to be mm-hmm. careful with that. Yeah. So Let I, the Spirit of God lead you. Yeah. And I think you have to be really careful that you're not taking things that are not in the Bible and putting those standards on people. And there are some things that are gray areas because for one person it's a sin and for another it isn't. Like, I've never struggled with alcohol. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just hasn't been a vice of mine so if i wanted to have a glass of wine or something like that it's not a it's not a sin however if i had had a struggle with alcohol and it is something i put over my relationship with the lord and had a real struggle with it and it became a vice that was leading me away from the lord it would be a sin for and me it very, to go back very to that simply could easily. yeah, yeah. It, it, it it could it would be and i said so that's a good kind of rule of thumb uh, on things that are not in the Bible, because right. it does not, like alcohol we're talking about, it says nowhere that you cannot consume alcohol in the Bible. And um, and I know quite a few pastors that will say, oh, you absolutely can't do that, and they really are adding to the word. Yeah, a number of those people have probably had a problem with alcohol in yeah. the past, which is perfect for them. It yeah, is stay away from right. it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And in any of these things that could potentially lead to uh, being in bondage to them, it's right. very important to maintain, um, how shall we say, prudence in how we interact with these things. Right. Moderation and prudence. So if a person cannot, in the sense of, in the area of alcohol, if a person cannot drink in moderation, they shouldn't drink at all. Right. But the person who can, who they don't have a trouble with that, then they should make sure that they continue to walk in moderation and they should be careful not to stumble somebody else with it. Right. And I definitely, if I was in a public setting, I would avoid for myself. Uh-huh. I'm not saying this for everybody, but just for prudence for me, if I'm in a public situation, I was always typically avoid. I mean, that wasn't you down at Pounders the other no, day? No, it was not me. I was not pounding him at Pounders. Oh, okay. And so look just uh, like you. No, it was not me. I'm kidding. It was not I'm kidding. Me. He was not there. Uh, if you'd said Burger Bench, I could have been a Burger Bench. No, it was but, it was Krispy Kreme. Oh, uh, we don't have Krispy Kreme. No, you have to drive a ways to get to a Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you remember that last time you and I were in Krispy Kreme? We went to Krispy Kreme in, in Washington. Vancouver, Washington. Yeah. I was just talking to my friend Daniel Fusco about Krispy Kreme the other day. That was the last time today. I was at a Krispy Kreme. Yeah. yeah. That was the last time I had a Krispy yeah. Kreme too. Wow. That was kind of like a religious experience. I still feel kind of full from it though. I think, you know, they give you the free one. Yeah. And that is such a drug. It's not right. First one's free. You know, you know, if they're willing to give you the first one free, you should probably get out of that place quick. Exactly. They're like a dealer. Yeah. You might end up with a vice. So it's a I good thing there's no crispy. Was clothes. in the unholy city of Las Vegas. Uh huh. We were there for a bike show. No, no, no. You shouldn't say anything. What happens in Vegas? Well, I'm telling. I'm letting this little secret out. Okay, okay, you're at a bike show. We were at a bike show where they have every kind of bike from all over the world. We were there with a bunch of friends checking out every all the new bikes. Bike? They had bikes by Ferrari. Whoa! Inner bike is is huge. It's like the biggest bike show in the world. Bicycles bicycles so we were there and i was walking through i forget which casino it's the one that looks like um egypt excalibur is that what no no excalibur is medieval oh 
Luxor. That's Luxor. what it got. I knew it had an X. Yeah, something. Yeah, Luxor. But the the thing that was cool is we were walking through there, and there was a Krispy Kreme donut. Donut, probably. is like a mini Krispy Kreme. Mm. And it was glass on three sides. Uh-huh. And so you got to see the dough drop. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it get formed. And then it flips. And then it goes on the little conveyor belt. It gets its little suntan dried off. All the little grease is coming off. Then it gets iced. Well, no, they got to flip it first. Yeah, they yeah. do the whole thing. It goes through the stream of icing. I must oh. I must have been there for 15 minutes. It was you know just now fun to watch. This, I got to take my kids to see a Krispy Kreme. It's, a, it's an experience. Can you watch the Krispy Kreme at oh, all yeah. Krispy Kreme? Everyone I've gone to has been like that. There used to be one in Claremont. I know that there's one up in like the Fountain Valley area. Orange County. Mm, I think there's one in San Diego. Well, listeners, if you know where the Krispy Kreme is, come tell us on Sunday. There you go. Because we might need to make a pilgrimage. Just one. Well. There are pretty airy. You know, I'm on... I'm on the carnivore diet right now, so there's no Krispy Kremes for me. In my I'm food. kind of back in training. I'm trying to lose some there some weight and all that. So, anyways, so maybe, maybe yeah, in six uh, months we'll celebrate our attaining our bucket list goal of whatever that is. Yes. All right, Groovy. Well, I think that's it. I think we have come to the end of our questions. So maybe to help with Mark and I on our goal, you don't tell us where the Krispy Kreme is oh, on Sunday. You could tell us, we can we can try and exercise self control. Exactly. Okay, we will exercise self. It's one of the gifts of the spirit. All right. Well, until next time, let's out. Adios. Wow.